getting somewhere. Yeah, we all up in this shit. Yeah. I ain't to tap to settle down with a weapon kit. I live for the grind and a grind. Hey everyone, welcome to the second episode of my podcast. I'm super excited to be able to chat with you guys again and continue to share more about my story and my journey. I have to be very honest. I was super nervous about putting the first one out there. It just felt so out there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, did I even make sense? Did anything I said make sense? Everybody's going to just be like, oh, and I think the music was way too long. Oh my goodness. The music was hip hop. Most people are going to be turned off by hip hop. Ah, I need to pull the plug. But before I could pull the plug, um, my assistant Belle had published it and it was like, boom, it's out there. So since I have taken, taken one step forward, I might as well keep going and put the next uh, foot forward. So in the last episode, um, I talked about what I have felt or what I feel like is the theme for my life, the mantra that I live by, the, the code that I live by. And just in case you didn't listen to that one, I shared how I believe that I can be anything that I want to be regardless of my circumstances, regardless of the situation that I find myself in. Granted, it might take me longer than somebody who is in you know, different circumstances. It might be um, a different path, but I truly, truly believe that not just me, but anyone can be whatever it is that they choose to be regardless of um, external circumstances. The motivation to be who you want to be comes from within, and that can push you to the greatest heights. So that's what I've, I, I believe. That's what I've always believed. And one of the questions that I get asked a lot is if I have always been that way and <clears throat> how that has tied into my journey from um, immigrating from Nigeria to the U.S. So I am going to share um, a little bit more about my journey and how that came about. And I think that you will see that it, it really has been right from when I was much younger. I have always believed that, oh my goodness, I can be better than this. I can do better. I can be better. Um, I might need to work a little harder. I might need to work a whole lot harder. But I can be better and I can do better. So here's the story. Dun, 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 dun. So I was born um, in Nigeria sometime in uh, 1985. And I was born to middle into a middle class family. My parents are, um, you know, highly educated people. They have their PhDs from um, universities in the UK. Uh, but, you know, Nigeria being what it was at the time, it just it almost really didn't matter if you were highly educated or not. Things things were just hard. Things were really, really hard. And, and again, like I said, we were middle class. So things were hard for us. But you can only imagine what life was like for, you know, people that were not as middle classy as we were. So, you know, growing up, um, 
we hardly had electricity. We would have, you know, maybe two hours or three hours of electricity on a really good day. Uh, I remember uh, we were just used to darkness, right? We were just used to not having electricity. And whenever the power is turned on and, you know, the, the whole, the streets are lit up because they turn on the electricity, there would be a cheer that would go out, go out through the neighborhood. Yay! Up Nepa! And my, my Nigerian people will understand this. Um, but that's how life was for us. You know, having electricity was special. It was awesome. Uh, so that's kind of how we grew up. We didn't um, have running water. Faucets were useless. So we would have to walk miles to get water. And when you, when you go to get water, you go with like a bucket or um, or a, a gallon. At least that's what we called it. They would call it a gallon. And, you know, you fetch the water, you put it on your head, and you walk miles um, back home. Things got, you know, a little better. And because things got a little better, we were able to dig a well behind our house. And so really just like what kind of what you see in the movies, you would take a, a bucket and you would throw the bucket in the well. And then you would pull the bucket up with like a rope Um it, it Now that I think about it, I cannot even imagine having Kiki do that. Like, I would probably freak out if she's trying to fetch water from a well. But this was something that we did, and it was normal. It was life as, as we knew it. Um, so with that, it was, you know, those are things that we just had to deal with. And then um, because I grew up in northern Nigeria... There was a lot, a lot of um, religious crisis there. So there was there was always a lot of fear. There was a, always a lot of um, anxiety. Up till today, you know, there are some particular sounds that I hear, and you know, my heart starts to race and I, I become scared because that's we just knew that when you hear those sounds, it just meant that there was trouble. So I remember having to you know, run into the bushes because people were coming with machetes. Um, I remember having uncles and people that we knew who were mutilated. I knew somebody who was burned. And, um, you know, then it just, at some point it felt, at some point it was normal, but then at some point it started to, as, as I got more and more exposed it was like, no, this is, this is not normal. This is not, this cannot be life. There's got to be something better than this. And just moving on into my college days, um, I, I studied electrical engineering in the university. And um, in college, our class sizes were humongous humongous. We would have like a general class where it's a class across, you know, multiple departments, you know, maybe like a Chem 101 or something. And it's like a thousand kids in the class, a thousand kids with a couple of professors. And people are sitting on the floors. 
people are sitting on the tables because you just want to be close enough to be able to see and hear what the professor is saying. It was just not the ideal environment. And in my own class, um, my own electrical engineering class, I think we were like 100 and maybe 120 or so. And out of the 120, I want to say we had um, maybe six to 10 girls in the class. And I never forget, we would go for labs and the, the equipment would be like, most of the equipment would be faulty, unfortunately. And then you would have like maybe three that work and there's a hundred people. And so of course the boys would be like, well, you girls just stay in the corner. We'll shout out the values to you. You guys just record and, you know, don't bother trying to learn this thing. There's not enough room for everyone. And so that was just kind of the kind of education that I had. And, and it sucked. I hated it because I always felt, again, that this cannot be life. Like, this cannot be it. I'm pretty sure. I'm not that that smart, but I'm pretty sure that I'm, you know, smart enough to actually know something. Um, in the end, I felt like my knowledge was very theoretical. Like I was a very good student, but I was just really good at, you know, all the material that they had given us to read. I was very good at putting that back on paper. Like when it came to practical knowledge, I felt like I knew absolutely nothing. And so it was this sort of dissatisfaction that started growing and I was like, oh my goodness, I need to do something, you know, I, I need something. And it was in that moment, somebody, um, his name is Shori, he just, I don't know what we were talking about, and he just mentioned ASP.net. And at that time, ASP.net was one of the um, super popular languages. So ASP.net is a Microsoft language. And I was like, huh, ASP.net, okay. So I, we had um, internet cafes. You know how we all have like computers at home and there's internet everywhere and your kid can't go like five minutes in the car because the internet's not working. We did not have internet like at home. You would have to go to a cafe and you would go to the cafe and you would browse stuff and you would pay for like an hour's worth of time. And I kid you not, half of the hour that you bought, the entire 30 minutes of the hour was spent refreshing the page because the internet was so slow, so, so slow. But anyways, I went there, I Googled ASP.net. It seemed really interesting. And I was like, oh man. And I think that what really um, caught my attention and what really excited me about um, programming was that I didn't need anyone. Well, that's what I thought. I didn't need anyone to teach me. I could teach myself and I didn't need any kind of equipment. I just needed my laptop. And with a few keystrokes, I could create something out of nothing. And that was super, super, super exciting to me. So luckily around the same time, I can't remember exactly. I have to ask my mom, but something happened, whether it was a grant or I don't know, but my mom was a professor at the, at the university and she, she got a laptop. And so I started to borrow her laptop 
and I started to install all this software on the laptop so that I could learn um, coding. Uh, prior to that, they, somebody had given me some CDs, and so I was trying to use the CDs as well to piece things together. So I'll get some stuff from the internet when it worked. I'll get some stuff from the CDs that somebody borrowed me. And it was from all of that I started to piece together and learn how to how to code. And I, I truly, honestly loved it. So around that time as well, um, internet, we started to have home internet. And it was a dial-up connection that only worked late at night. And so I would, for, for me to be able to download all the things that I needed to download, I would have to stay up till like 3 a.m. or so just to get it, uh, to get it working, you know, at the same time, it's, it's almost like the universe kind of just started to align for me, like all the stars rather started to align because we were able to get a, um, a small generator, um, Nigerians call it, I better pass my neighbor. It means literally means I am better than my neighbor because I have a little generator, that my neighbor doesn't have. And so therefore I have electricity and my neighbor doesn't have electricity. So I am better than my neighbor. I better pass my neighbor. Anyways, so we, we had that. And so, you know, the generator would run through, I would run it through 3 a.m. trying to download the software. Download speeds were like, oh man, maybe like 200 to 300 at best kilobytes per second kilobytes per second that's super slow so imagine trying to download something in the gigabytes and you're downloading kilobyte by kilobyte it was awful it was painful but i was determined i was like this will not be the death of me i will get this done and so luckily there was at that time there was software where you know, if you're downloading something and you lose internet connection, it would sort of preserve all that you've downloaded before. And then when the internet um, connects again, then it will continue downloading from where it stopped. So it took me like three weeks or so to download um, the software that I needed, but I got it done. I got it done because again, I just, I just really believed, oh, I really needed to do this um, and I was going to get it done. So, so I got that done. I started working on my project. Um, it got really, really exciting. I started to, you know, like I said, we had classes that were like a thousand kids. And so my, I've always tried to, you know, look around me and see problems that I could solve. And so the first thing that came to mind was to build this um, e-assessment system where uh, professors or lecturers, as we call them in Nigeria, would be able to administer tests to kids, uh, to students rather, and have those tests graded automatically. Because what was happening was you have one professor teaching, you know, 100 to like 500 kids across his various classes, and he's the only one grading. There's no TA, there's nothing. It was always error prone. It was always late. And there really was no way that you could get feedback on your work. It was like, this is your score. This is your score. You take what you get, you know, you don't complain. And so I figured that I could use this newfound superpower of coding to solve that problem. And so I started to work on 
this and it was massive for, I mean at that time it was like a massive project for someone who had just started to learn how to code um but then I got stuck I got stuck and this is what I always try to tell parents to of kids who who are trying to learn how to code getting stuck is part of the process getting stuck is part of teaching yourself how to code getting stuck is part of learning how to code and so I got stuck into some of the problems. I could figure it out on my own. You know, the best developers know how to use Google. So I developed that skill. Then I would use Google to figure out the answer. But there were some things that I just could not figure out. I just could not figure it out. And so I went on Google and I read on a blog post written by a guy in India and I didn't know who he was, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try. I have absolutely nothing to lose. So I emailed him. I'm like, hey, you don't know me, but I read, you, I read your blog and I'm having this problem with my code and I, I, re, I could really use your help. And he was so gracious to me. He was so gracious to me. He spent his time we would debug code over email. I would email him my code. He would email it back. It was probably a hassle for him to tell me about GitHub at that time. So we were doing it all by email. And because he gave me his time, because he helped me when I was stuck and you know, and he believed in me, that was the reason why I was able to complete that project. And I truly believe that, you know, being able to complete that project was one of the things that helped me to get a scholarship here in the U.S. And so it's important to say at this point that this is why CodeWiz is so important to me. It's not just about, oh my gosh, I built a business. It's so great. It's so awesome. It, for me, it's really about making impact on people's lives this man did not know that, you know, him giving me an hour of his time for, you know, a few months would make such a huge difference in my life. He didn't know that one day I was going to, you know, get my master's in computer science or work at Microsoft or start a business and then eventually start a franchise. He had no clue. He was just doing it out of the goodness of his heart. But that that made such a huge difference in my life. And that's what I see CodeWiz as. I see it as an opportunity to make a difference in a kid's life. And it's, if people say, oh my God, Ruth, you work so hard. Jeez, you must be so motivated by money. And like I said in my last, um, the last podcast, it's really not about the money to me. It really is not. It's, it's about the legacy. It's about making a difference in someone's life. I say it, I keep saying it, and I'll keep saying it until it happens. The next Steve Jobs is going to have had their start or at least passed through CodeWiz in some way. And when that happens, I would be fulfilled. I would be complete. I would be happy. Like that is, that is my goal. My goal is that somebody will look back and say, hey, if I had not had, you know, a chance at CodeWiz or if I had not had somebody helping me out, I will not be where I am today. That is, that is, that is true impact. And that is the passion 
and the purpose that really drives everything that I do. Whoa, I didn't realize that my story was gonna go that long. Hopefully I'm not boring everyone uh, with all the details. It's just that every time I get to do like a podcast or an interview, I don't get to talk about the details and how I really felt you know, about things, but um, I figured this, since this is my podcast, I can go into as much details as possible, but I didn't realize that it was going that long. So what I have done is I have split it into two, because like I said, in the first one, I want to keep these um, short and I don't want to keep them super long. So I've split this into two. So this is part one. Um, stay tuned for part two. I will talk more about how I was able to um, get myself out of Nigeria. Coming to the U.S., culture shock, culture shock. And then I will talk about, um, you know, the, what prompted me to start CodeWiz and venture into franchising. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. I want to do the things that matter to me. Live like a good king as life brings the good things. It's easy to get blinded by the stress and forget that every day is another blessing. No matter how many mistakes you make, life just keeps giving you another day. No rest for the ones that be grinding. And respect to my homies who be fighting. In a war that will never end. In the pursuit to be better men. But then again, there's nothing to hold you back except yourself. You're caught up in the sauce on the road to hell. It's a slippery slope if you fall asleep. Why don't you fall asleep on me? Okay.